I mean, if, if you and I are playing Xbox or PlayStation and you spit at me in the for the sake of competition, I'm going to beat you up. For sure. Welcome to Grapple Saw Apples, the podcast where we talk about everything from professional wrestling to whether you prefer chlorine pool or seawater ocean. Uh, I, I'm a swimmer, so I, I don't care. Like I like a I like a pool. Well, that's what I'm saying. I like like, I, I love being in the water. So, yeah. do you have a preference? No. 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 Okay. Uh, if it's the beach, I'm happy. If it's a pool, I'm happy. You know, my thing is like the chlorine. I feel like I hear it when I'm swimming. Like I feel like I hear chlorine. But like salt water, I feel like I can taste it. It's for me. It's all about smell. Okay. You can smell the chlorine. Yeah. And you can smell the pollution in the ocean. <laughs> anyway, you're listening to us on SoundCloud.com/slash Grapples to Apples. That's Grapples the number two apples. If you don't want to catch us on SoundCloud, you can catch us on Google Play Music or on Apple Podcasts or any of your podcast listening devices. We are here right now, second day in a row, back-to-back for you, to give you a recap and review of AEW's Fight for the Fallen that took place just this evening from Jacksonville, Florida. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Will the Thrill, Poetarian, Shakespearean Candidate, Major English, whatever you need me to be, baby, that's who I be, because that's who I is, joined by... Yeah, boy. The very sensual, the very doid, Mr. Sunglasses at Night himself, Shades. So without further ado, now that we've done the intros, let's kick you off to some results straight from Daly's place in Jacksonville. Ring that bell, my man. So the pre-show opens up. Leva Bates and Peter Avalon, the librarians, taking on a very, 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 very flamboyant <laughs> Sunny Kiss. Yeah. And this is my first time watching Sunny Kiss wrestle. Mm-hmm. This is my first time seeing Sunny Kiss at all. Mm. And I'm like, wow, he ain't ashamed of nothing. Like, that <laughs> boy is. He is unabashedly who he is. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He came out in. I love that he came out with the cheer, the Jacksonville Jaguar cheerleaders and mascot, mm-hmm. doing the whole routine. I uh, loved it. He was twerking during the match. <laughs> he came out in a crop top Jalen Ramsey <laughs> T-shirt <laughs> yeah. jersey. I was like, oh man, he. If you didn't know who Sunny Kiss is, you will know after this match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, Peter Avalon and, Le- and Leva Bates are the, the librarian things, yeah. and it's one of my favorite gimmicks right now. The whole right. shh. What I don't like is that they're heels. And so the crowd's, like, the second night in a row when they're having a match and the crowd is chanting, reading sucks. Yeah, like... And it, it, it hurts my heart. As as Major English, it, it hurts me deeply. It hurts my soul. Yeah. When they're chanting, reading sucks. I'm like, no, it doesn't. Stop. You're like, doing it like, all wrong. They're, they're making education, like, the, the bad guys. Bro, I feel like Adam Sandler and Waterboy. I'm like, you're reading the wrong books. You're reading the wrong books. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> what it was a one like I, I want to say one of the issues that I had with the pre-show. It, okay. It's like you didn't have. You can tell Sonny Kiss and Peter Avalon had zero chemistry, mm-hmm. and it showed. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they're two different styles. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're just not used to working with each other. Well, Peter Avalon has a very traditional. Wrestling style. Very traditional mustache also. (laughs) Yeah. While Sonny Kiss very much embodies his character in his moveset. Yes. Where he's doing splits. Well, he was a dancer. Right, He's athletic, so he he puts all that into his... Into his moveset. Moveset. Right. So that's very different in that sense. Mm Mm-hmm. But Sonny Kiss goes over with a split-legged... Leg drop off the second, second rope. rope, yeah, 
And you and I both thought that Leva Bates was going to cost Peter Avalon the match mm -hmm. because that's what happened two weeks ago when mm -hmm. Peter Avalon cost Leva Bates the match. Mm -hmm. That didn't happen. Um, the first match, fine. What I, what I like about what the librarians are doing is they're playing the role differently in the sense that when Leva had her match versus Allie, mm -hmm. Peter Avalon was doing everything he could to cheat. Right? And he was doing everything he could to help Leva Bates. Yes. He's getting, he's interfering, blah, 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 blah. Whereas opposed to on this side, Leva wasn't doing any of that stuff. In fact, she actually helped Sonny Kiss up and get him back in the ring. And Peter Avalon's like, what are you doing? Yeah, like... You're supposed to be helping me. What are you supposed to what you... attack him. Let me win by count out. Do Exa something. Right, exactly. Yeah. So I find it interesting that they're both librarians. They're each other's manager slash valet but almost one of them plays it as a heel and the other one plays it as a face. Mm -hmm. So I like that. I think it's interesting. I think it might help them get this gimmick over because it's on the fence right now for a lot of fans. Yeah, I mean, they they hate the gimmick with the whole reading thing, so... <laughs> right. Listen, as, as long as you're getting a reaction right now, it's a good thing. Which we'll, we'll talk about into, more we'll later, yeah. later. So the second match on the pre-show was a tag team match between B. Priestley and Shoko Nakajima facing Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Riho. So you have two Joshi Japanese wrestlers teaming with two women who have pretty much made their bones in the indie circuit in North America, Europe, China, like the whole world. Mm -hmm. um, I thought it was interesting, and I think it's smart, because someone might think or expect you put B Prissy with Britt Baker versus the two Joshi girls. Yeah. But to kind of mix and match, I think, is smart on paper. But as we saw in the actual match, it left a little to be desired. There was a plethora of miscues yeah. and missteps in this match. And again, maybe it's because... Mixed matching styles, and uh, there's a lot of reasons why this could have failed, but it, it failed ultimately. They I mean, gave them 15 minutes, so it wasn't time. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like they didn't give them time. They just, it just wasn't working. I mean, when they cut the ring in half on Britt Baker, mm -hmm. and she finally got some offense against B. Priestley, mm -hmm. and she ran into to make the, the hot tag to Riho, she ran to the wrong corner. Yeah. Yeah. So. Instead of going to Riho, she goes to Sh uh, Shoko, and I was like, "Oh, bad, yeah. bad Brit." Yeah, yeah, that was bad, man. Yeah, and what's worse about that is that, like, even if you don't know who your partner is, you should know who your what your corner is. Yeah, like if nothing else, even if this is the first time you've ever worked with either one of these two girls, because she's worked with B Priestley before. Yes. So, even if it's the first time she's worked with either one of these two other women, you know, you should know your corner. Yeah, but just, it's just it's just an all around bad job by Britt Baker. Yeah, that was just and she it's not that she's a bad wrestler. That was just no, that it's, was no, just, it's a bad job. Yeah, like, <laughs> that was just a bad mistakes are made. Of course, we'll get them next time. Yeah, like, and I feel like that's the general's consensus for this match. Mm -hmm. That's that's like the theme of this match. Mistakes happen. Let's get them next time because th this match just my issue, <sighs> and I stated this during the during the match mm -hmm. is uh, Shoko. Uh, Nakajima mm -hmm. was kicking out of her like out of the pins, pinfalls out of the pinfalls a little too late where it was like obvious it was apparent that the ref is stopping her count mm. because Shoko's missing her timing right for a pre-show this match was perfect for the pre-show but it did a bad job as for me to buy in. Right, 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 right. As right. the last their two pay-per-views, or their last two events, I was like, man, pre-show, pre-show, their buy-ins were pretty good. Mm -hmm. This time, you only had two matches, and the, the two matches that they did have didn't sell me on buying in. Yeah, you're 100% right. And I feel like that should be the incentive mm -hmm. of their pre-shows, especially when they call them buy-ins. Yeah. You know, it should be like a, a small little showcase. Look, this is what we can do. Buy-in because it gets better from here. Yeah. And like you said, I feel like they did that with Double or Nothing and with Fighter Fest. But I think tonight they kind of fell short in that regard. And I'm glad, like you said, I'm glad it was on the pre-show. Yeah. Because had this been on the main card, 
That would have hurt the main card a lot. Well, I mean, I was there a stinker on the main card? Because I don't think so. Stinker? No. I don't think it was a stinker. I think it's like you got all the 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 cobwebs out during the pre-show and then main main show. You you did what you had to do. I agree. I mean, B Priestley and Shoko Nakajima go over, which was a shock to me. Okay. Because I thought Riho, because they've been high on her, right? Was and well, she ate the pin. Yeah. I thought that she was going to, you know, win. Uh, and at least Shoko, B Priestley wasn't getting pinned. Not in her first match. I agree. I thought that was there was no chance of that happening. But post match, right? And I'm glad that they're setting this up. The Britt Baker, B Priestley, yeah, yeah. Uh, rivalry, right? Because you can tell, and like even at some point during the match when it was just them two in the ring, the fans were cheering for. There was there was an energy. There was so an energy. I like that they set that up to be something to look forward to moving forward. The something that I'm not looking forward to is their technical difficulties. I think this oh. is our, our third show in a row where there is some sort of technical difficulties. But let's be let's be oh, let's be real here. It was one that lasted about yes. 15 minutes, and it was during the the pre-show. Yes. So like in terms and of it, progress, I, that's definitely think, progress. I don't even think it lasted 15 minutes. I, I think it was about five to ten. It felt like forever. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Probably closer to five, five to ten. To ten. Well, I would say around seven minutes. Let's Something let's, like that. Let's find let's find a middle ground. Yeah, for yeah, it. yeah. Seven minutes. Um, the closed captioning comes on, and, and we at, think it's your TV. Yeah, at first I thought it was me, so I because I watch everything with closed captioning. Same. So I thought, oh, I forgot to take the setting off, which the setting was on, mm-hmm. but it doesn't it didn't affect it because earlier it was fine. Yeah, it didn't come on earlier. And any other time that we watched AEW on... Or the, anything. Or anything. Yeah, for that matter. It's never been an issue. Yeah. And so, I'm like, what's going on? And then I, I turn off the, the Roku, turn it back on, and then I think to myself, hmm, maybe it's not me, mm-hmm. maybe it's the feed, so I go on YouTube on my phone to check the feed, and it's also on the YouTube. So, I don't know what was going on with BR Live or AEW's feed or... I don't know what, mm-hmm. but they had the closed captioning that was it wasn't even accurate. It was a mess. There was random characters it, and it, letters. It's and like the it's like the stormed Area Fifty One and the aliens <laughs> are getting out. Like that's what happened. Let's not even blame AEW or Bleacher Report Live. Like it, it's it's the Americans storming Area Fifty One <laughs> because the aliens are contacting us. So that's what happened apparently. But uh, it went over by the time it was time for the main show. Yeah. So if you didn't watch the pre-show, you have no idea what we're talking about. And if you didn't watch the show, you have no idea what we're talking about. Fact, fact. <laughs> but the main show opens proper. Yes. With a six-man tag: mm-hmm. MJF, Sammy Guevara, and Sean Spears, formerly known as the Perfect Dillinger. Ten, yeah. Ty Dillinger, taking on the team of Darby Allen, Jimmy Havoc, and the Bad Boy, Joey Janela. Sean Spears' first real proper match in AEW, mm-hmm. um, and especially after the post, uh, a post heel chair shot to Cody, which we came out with a the chairman shirt, which the, was pretty yeah. awesome actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a nice looking shirt. He came out. He just saw. He like sauntered out, super like serious with the hood on. <coughs> Excuse me. Wearing the shirt that said "Chairman with Perfection" with little chairs on it, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Okay, okay." Then he goes to to Justin Roberts and he's like, "To announce him as the Chairman." Yeah, and he does so. I'm like, "Okay, I can dig this. I can dig this. I can definitely see uh, Cody versus Sean Spears at All Out." I mean, yeah, I don't think anyone has a match announced for All Out other than. The two so far, which is... Kenny and uh, Moxley and... Oh, three now. Okay, yeah. Kenny, Moxley. Yeah. Hangman, Jericho. Yes. And then the Bucks and... Uh, Lucha, Lucha Brothers, Brothers which yes. was announced tonight. Which we'll get to. So, <clears throat> back to this match. This match has, has an interesting dynamic to it. Because you have the three suicidal guys who are working together and working well together... 
And then you have MGF, Sammy Guevara, and Sean Spears. MGF and Sean Spears are kind of going at it against each other because of the whole chair shot to Cody. And Sammy Guevara just wants to be Sammy Guevara. So, like, the three of them are fighting against each other, in a way. And then you have the suicidal guys who are also fighting them. So, like, the dynamic was very interesting. We've seen similar stuff in the past, like, with WWE and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But... Sammy Guevara, I think, was a weird little wrench to throw in there. But it was a nice, it was a nice wrench. One hundred percent. Because uh, Guevara did, he added a a spice to the match that just pushed it over the edge to like, man, it's a pretty good match. I agree. Uh, you had again the beef between MJF and Sean Spears, mm-hmm. where uh, MJF does the cartwheel and does the, uh, the ten, ten. Cent, uh, you know uh, symbol to Spears and then flips him off. Mm-hmm. Sean Spears gets upset. Darby Allen, uh, I don't know if you noticed this, but he was getting frustrated in the match because it was he basically wasn't getting he wasn't getting tagged in. It was yeah, just yeah, Jimmy yeah. Havoc and Joey Janela, mm-hmm. and then uh, some point later in the match, he tagged himself in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had different. Techniques in the match, mm-hmm. different uh, wrestling styles. Oh, for sure. But f- for me, I was like, man, this is entertaining as hell. Mm-hmm. Like, this is how you open the show. Your first match on the card, mm-hmm. you had Joey Janela hit the uh, Death Valley driver onto Sammy Guevara onto the apron, which is. As bad as it sounds. You just gotta stop doing stuff like that. You just gotta stop. <laughs> he had Sammy Guevara going flip crazy with uh, tope suicidas and, and corkscrew uh, bombs outside. And it, it was... We had, I think it was Janela who ate the the German to the back of the head. No, the, Guevara. Guevara was, ate it. Bro, like the German suplex release hit to the back of his head on the turnbuckle. I'm like, yo, you, you gotta stop trying to kill each other. But was, I think to me, the two standouts of this match were Sammy and Darby. Because Darby Allen, so one thing about Darby Allen, the boy is too quick for his own good. Yeah. There's times where he's executing moves, and because he's so quick, he's almost overshooting everything he does. Mm-hmm. So he's going to slow it down just a bit. Just a bit. Just yeah. ever so slightly. Um, but Sammy, like, and the crazy thing about Sammy Guevara is that. This is what he does. Mm-hmm. If you watched at Double or Nothing, like his match versus Kip Sabian, it was a very similar outcome where people were just like, man, Sammy can really go. So I'm curious to see how they use Sammy moving forward. Mm-hmm. Because so far they've been using him as like, like the way that the WWE uses the Usos and the New Day. Pre-show, super exciting, go get the crowd into it, and then moving on. Yeah. You know? So I'm interested to see what they do with Sammy. If he gets any if he if he ever gets a push of any kind. We'll see. But MGF, Sammy Guevara, Sean Spears, they all go over with uh Sean Spears hitting the Death Valley driver onto Darby Allen. Yes. Which is my favorite finisher. Yes. I didn't I mean it was it was Janela hits the D V D onto Sammy Guevara. Mm-hmm. And then Sean Spears picks up Darby Allen, hits his own DVD. Well, first he hits him with the um, with the, the the tiebreaker. That's not the name of the move anymore, though. I know. I mean, it's, um, it's Ushiguroshi. Ushiguroshi. He's done with the Ushiguroshi, which used to be his finisher in WWE as a tiebreaker. And then he then he went to the, his own like running Death Valley driver mm-hmm. and picked up the win for his team. Following match was the in-ring AEW debut for... The chief brandy officer, Brandy Rhodes, taking on Allie. So leading up to this match, um, on the YouTube channel, I think it's the All Nightmare Family, where they run the Road Two pay per view uh, mm-hmm. shows. Brandy did had this whole promo where like she talked about she used to be a gymnast or an ice skater or something like that, and she used to always choke in the big matches because she get in her own head. And the same thing happened in wrestling, but she doesn't want it to happen anymore. Like it was this whole big emotional thing. It kind of builds you to be on her side. It kind of like really pushes yeah, her. Yeah, it backs like all right. Yeah, you know what? I want her to succeed. Right. Exactly. Uh, so she has her match with Allie, and before the match even starts, you hear. I am Kong. Well, 
first Brandy reaches out for the handshake. Right. Sign of good luck. And right. then she's holding on to her. And then you hear, I am Kong. And we're like, what? <laughs> I was like, what? And then here comes awesome Kong. And, you know, there goes Brandy with the old Bane switch. Yeah, you know, root for me as a baby face. Have sympathy for me. Nah, I got my bodyguard. We gonna heal it up for the next 13 minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And that's what it was. It was Brandy playing up the heel role. Allie not being dumb, which I appreciate, where almost immediately she's looking over at Awesome Kong because she mm-hmm. knows that she's going to interfere in this match. Yeah, she's like, all right, this this is no longer a one-on-one match. This yeah. is a handicap match. I feel like way too many times when something like this happens, the opponents pretend like the person outside the ring is not there Yeah. until something happens and then they're surprised all of a sudden. But Allie was waiting for it and looking for it the entire match. Yeah, when she would knock down Brandy, she'd look at Awesome Kong mm-hmm. like, all right, now what are you going to do? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Which I you're going to do something. Right. And, I mean, I'm happy that Awesome Kong didn't get too involved. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Allie ran the ropes. Awesome Kong just, like, tried Tripped to trip it. her up. Yeah. And that was basically... I think that was the extent of it, really. I mean, toward, uh, except for the closing of the match. Right. Where uh, the ref and Allie get distracted by Awesome Kong, and Brandy hits... Hits her with the ugliest spear that looks more like a shoulder tackle, but whatever. <laughs> And then that's how she picks up the win. So, like you said, I'm glad that Awesome Kong didn't get too involved in the match. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that Ali, that she played it smart enough that she was watching Awesome Kong the entire match. Mm-hmm. And Brandy gets the W, and I think it's a safe way for Brandy to get the W in a way that protects Ali. Yeah. Because they, you know, they kept on pushing the narrative that Brandy hasn't wrestled since like 2018, how she only has three years of wrestling experience. This, this, and that. And Allie has been wrestling for like 15 years. You know, former Impact Women Knockouts champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, former tag team champion with um, Kimberly and Shimmer and Stardom and all those. Like, the, the woman has time under her belt. Yeah. And so, in a, in a way to protect her and get Brandy a W, this makes sense. I mean, post-match we have Brandy trying to beat down Allie. Right. And who comes out to make the save? One Kong versus another. It's Kong Island right now. It's Kong Island. Because out comes Aja Kong. Kong. With the... I would say she has a fat face, but it makes her look like a baby. (laughs) But she doesn't fight like a baby. Uh Uh-uh. And they didn't fight. Uh Uh-uh. Which... It was a stare down in the middle of the ring. It was, I'm not scared of you, try something. And it was, well, I'm gonna... Sort of, kind of, not be scared of you. Almost, kind of, not really. Mm-hmm. And then that was, and that was it. Yeah, Aja Kong stood tall. Mm-hmm. Uh, awesome Kong and Brandy left the ring. Mm-hmm. And what I thought was going to happen because Aja Kong usually is a heel, right? I thought she was going to get Ali up, you know, help her up, and then attack her. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Aja Kong helps Ali up. They're in the center of the ring. Arm raise. They leave together. And I'll say, oh, okay. I mean, this may be a match in the future. Aja Kong versus Awesome Kong. Battle for the name title of Kong. <laughs> what I love is that there's just so much, because they're a new company who haven't been on TV yet, everything is so up in the air. Yeah. Everything everything we're, we're thinking is all speculation. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, maybe that'll be this. Maybe that'll be that. Because we have no idea how they operate yet. Yeah. You know, it just, it's an air of excitement. Anyway, moving forward. Our next match, we have The Dark Order, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson taking on Angelico and Jack Evans and a boy and his dinosaur, <laughs> Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus with Mark Stunt. Marco. Marco Stunt, excuse yeah. me. It was, uh, he's short. I shortened his name for him. <laughs> I was confused that Marco Stunt came out with them because like, they had never shown any previous relationship with them. I was like, what's the point of Marco Stunt? But whatever, it worked mm-hmm. later. What was very telling, and you and I both uh, alluded to this in the predictions episode, the Dark Order coming out. Not a boo, not Man, a cheer. You could have heard a pin drop. It was quiet. Because the fans haven't bought into them yet. No. When they came out for Double or Nothing, no one knew who they were, and no one knew what was going on. 
And then at Fighter Fest, everyone was just like, oh, it's these guys again. And so tonight, they came out, and everyone was just like, okay, sure, whatever. Yeah, I mean, double or nothing, you had, who the hell are these guys? Mm-hmm. Conor McGregor voice. <laughs> then you have them doing a vignette at their, what was it, Fight for the Fallen? This is Fight for the Fallen. I mean, excuse me, Fighter Fest. Uh-huh. And then you have their first match now. Mm-hmm. So we don't know who you guys are yet. Right. We're, we haven't really bought into the whole dark powerhouse or dark team or, like, I don't know what gimmick you're going for. With your quote-unquote creepers, which is what they're calling the yeah. minions. Yeah, the minions are called creepers that we just found out. Yeah. Uh, okay. But it was such a it's just like a, a juxtaposition when you have the Dark Order comes out to dead silence, and Helico and Jack Evans come out to like some like patter pitter patter yeah like, right like there's people who are like oh yeah I know who they are cool I remember them from Lucha Underground awesome and then you hear like as soon as Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus come out oh it goes nuts the place explodes um if you didn't know Jungle Boy is over his rope. <laughs> and if you didn't know, Luchasaurus is over like Rover. Because uh, they were chanting Luchasaurus quite a bit yeah, throughout the entire I mean, match. This is my first time actually seeing Luchasaurus in real action as mm-hmm. opposed to a battle royal. Mm-hmm. And I, again, everyone except, you know, Angelico and Jack Evans, because they, they weren't in the match properly. They were there for a while. Mm-hmm. But what I'm doing is I'm looking for... Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, mm-hmm. and Luchasaurus. Because I've seen the other three guys fight right, before, so right. I want to know what these other three guys are about. Okay. Luchasaurus did not disappoint. I was actually impressed. Thoroughly impressed with Luchasaurus. Stu Grayson, for the shorter of the two in his stable, mm-hmm. is clearing away the powerhouse of his stable. Right. You don't get that often. Mm-hmm. I was, I looked at him, I was like, he's athletic, he's strong, he's got a good look to him. I think he just has more to offer than Evil Uno. I didn't really vibe with Evil Uno's gimmick. Same here. I don't, he does nothing for me. I was like, oh, okay. Like, that's what we're going to get. Some chubby guy who bites fingers and boy, he bit somebody's <laughs> ear. I was just like, oh, all right. Now it's interesting because before they were in AEW, mm-hmm. I had they, apparently they used to wrestle under the name Super Smash Bros. Okay, I didn't know that, and I had heard of the name, and I had heard it with like Finn. I not. Favoritism, but like it was, it was said in a good remark. People always, like, oh yeah, Switch Mad Bros are fun, blah blah blah. blah. Mm-hmm. And then they come over as the Dark Order in AEW, and I'm just like, what and who and why? Mm-hmm. And it's just so interesting to me that before when they were Super Smash Bros, I heard positive things, and now that they're the Dark Order, I hear nothing, not a soul, nothing, just nothing. But I was impressed by Stu Grayson, wasn't impressed by Evil Uno. Um, and Helico and Jack Evans are they, they are who they are they do what they do and then Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus 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 brought out some stuff that I hadn't seen him do um, it was very strike heavy which was which was, I was all about yeah it was like a uh, mixture of punches and kicks he high kicks kick, yeah. I mean he fainted and then hit a high kick yeah. that you and I was like oh yeah 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 Way to go. Like, way to go. And the move that him and Jungle Boy, that, like, back body drop turned into a sit-out powerbomb. Okay, so Jack Evans, like, somersaulted in the air. I can't even describe it properly. It was just, I watched it and my mouth was agape. I was like, (gasps) So, Luchasaurus picks him up in the backdrop and, like, kind of flips 
Jack Evans into a sit-out powerbomb that Jungle Boy then delivers. And me describing it doesn't, it doesn't sound do it as cool, but you should go and watch that. It doesn't that. do it justice. It looks beautiful. And it was flawless. Flawless. The execution was just unreal. Unreal. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. So you, you definitely said it. There's a tag team championship reign oh, for uh, a boy and his dinosaur. 100%. Uh, May not be the first, but at some point, we will see tag team gold around their waist. Without question. Uh, Marco Stunt gets involved in the match. He delivers a top rope perk and Rana on, I forget who. Jack Evans. Okay. And then Luchasaurus launches him on Angelico after the ref tosses Marco Stunt. And he gets ejected from the match. But as we predicted and as we thought should have happened, the Dark Order did pick up the pinfall victory. Now, I'm surprised they, they picked up the pinfall on Jungle Boy. Although, I guess, put it on the guy who's already over and he can't be hurt. Yeah, and it, and it gets some heat on the Dark Order. Yeah, yeah. So it works twofold. Yeah. Oh, we don't like you guys already, or we don't know you guys already. Are we going to boo you because you guys pinned our favorite person, yeah. Jungle Boy? Yeah. So, I mean, the right guys went over. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm cool uh, to see where this goes. I, I'm. What I want to know. What's the Dark Order's beef with best the best friends, Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta? Because it's I think that was well because they won the the um the match right. Yeah. So maybe that was just listen. We're coming after you because if we win our match, then we face you at all out. For the buy, yeah, but we. This is before we knew about this this uh, tournament. This is it was before we knew about the tournament. But why would you set something up without the fans knowing? It wouldn't make any sense. I don't know. They're trying to be like WWE. <laughs> no, they're not. They're trying to be. I know. I know. I know. WWE. I don't know. I don't know. I, I hope know. that it comes, you know, to know. light eventually, I and agree. we can see. I agree. Maybe they want to break up best friends. Hmm. The Dark Order. No. And the best friends are too light. They're too happy. They're too positive. These guys are best friends. Their whole gimmick is that they hug each other. Like, that's their finishing move. And the Dark Order wants none of it. Next match, please. <laughs> it's on you. <laughs> I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. So the following match, the following match was, as Jr. called him, Hangman, Hangman, Hangman Adam Page versus Kip Sabian in a singles match. Um, match was fine. It was good. Nothing really of note other than Jr. kept calling him Hangman, and it was driving me nuts. It was a twenty-minute time limit. <clears throat> yeah, and they got this right under the gun. It was like nineteen oh three, and the the announcers, the commentators, actually were playing up to that. Like, mm. is this going to go to a draw? Mm-hmm. You know, like, we've already had one draw, and I told you, it was like, I can't have another draw. No, yeah, not, at least not two, you know, events Not two in shows row. in a row. Um, Hangman was, they were really playing up the the knee thing for Hangman. Yeah. Um, which, I guess it's fine, makes sense. It's an injury that he's quote-unquote had for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hit a beautiful moonsault. And to sell the knee injury more. But then sold the injury some more. What I like is that because of the knee injury, he did not do the buckshot lariat, which is like his signature move. Yeah. But if your knee is jacked, you can't possibly hit that move. So I like that he didn't even try doing that, um, and he just won with the dead sh- with a with a dead eye. Um. It was a fine match. Kip looked good. Hangman looked good. Jr. sounded bad. <laughs> Which was a, a good theme for the night. I mean, Jr. wasn't on his game. It was not Jr.'s best night. It was not Jr.'s best night by a long haul. But he's had worse. Like when he first started doing announcing for New Japan, mm-hmm. it was rough. Because mm-hmm. he like he didn't know anybody. Yeah, he's a guy from Oklahoma, and you have 
all these Japanese names. Right. So when you have a guy who's not familiar with the product, it's hard for him to do his job well, you know? Yeah. But uh, Adam Page and Kip Sabian did their job very yeah, well. I it was, agree. It was, a, it was a good match. Post-match, I feel like this happens in every Chris Jericho feud. Feud, yeah. Where he'll come out in some sort of masked wrestler. This time it was one of the Creepers. One of the Creepers, yeah. And, you know, Hangman is celebrating his win, and I'm, I'm like, Jericho's got to come out. Yeah. He's got to come out. And he does come out. And he throws a Adam Page a little beating and hits him with a nasty code breaker. Dude, I didn't realize how bad that code breaker was until he, all the refs come out wearing gloves. The refs are like, he's a bloody mess. And you and I are just like, bloody? What, what are you talking well, about? Well, he gets him up at, and then hits the uh, Judas effect. And yeah. they're like, Adam Page is a bloody mess. And we're like... I don't, I don't, I don't see no blood. What's going on here? And they zoom in. Uh, you know, they they show Adam Page, ha- Hangman's page, <laughs> <laughs> Hangman's face, Hangman's and face. it's over his left eye. Yeah, it's just it's a mess. Swollen. It's starting to swell almost instantly. So he, you can see a gash over his left eye and like under on his eyebrow, and then you see the red swelling and blood under, like on the cheekbone. And we're just like, yo. I was like, he definitely ate that cold breaker full. They were saying that it was from the Judas effect. No. But I didn't I didn't see they didn't show a replay of it. So I didn't see where it was. The cold breaker to me makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Because you have the whole knee that can cover the entire like the entirety of the eye on the top of the eye and under. Especially if you're coming from a downward angle, there's more likelihood that you're gonna get some scrape in there as well. Mm-hmm. Whereas opposed to the Judas effect. If you're hitting it properly with pinpoint accuracy, as they said, mm-hmm. you're going to catch either above or below. You're going to get one cut or gash or You're bruise. not going to get both. You're not going to cover as much surface area. So to me, it makes more sense for it to have been the code breaker. So we get the code breaker. We get the Judas effect. We get the blood. We get some blood. Some hard way. Bleeding the hard way. Adam did not look pretty, boy. And I mean, more 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 gasoline to that that, that feud that yeah. adds to the fire. And now we have a month and a half of them to build more to it. Yeah, I mean, there's no shows that they have, mm-hmm. but they can do uh, Twitter stuff. They can. Uh, well, they have BTE, and then they have um, the Road Two mm-hmm. series that they have also. So I'm sure we're gonna see on both of those shows it'll play out to some degree. Definitely. Next match, <clears throat> we had the Lucha Brothers, Pentagon Jr. Mm-hmm. and Ray Phoenix taking on the team of SoCal Uncensored, SCU, Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky in a really, really good match. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you can say... There, that's a bad match when the Lucha Brothers are in it. And you and I were discussing this before, like during actually during the, the pay per view, is they they may be the second best tag team in the world. So I, I said the Usos are up there. They they're number two. Maybe it's a little too high for them. They're definitely top five. I mean, I'm a I'm a huge fan of the Usos and their work. So I was just surprised that you put them at number two. I'm not sure that I put them at number two, but they're definitely like. Top five. So, you know what? So, that... I want to open this up to you guys. Who do you think are the top five tag teams in the world right now, regardless of promotion? Mm-hmm. I think Shades and I will, will put up together our top five, and we'll put it up on Twitter. Yeah. And then we want to see what you guys have to say. Twitter and Facebook, because we use both. So, we'll think of our top five tag teams of in the world, regardless of promotion. Put that up there on Facebook and Twitter, and we want to hear from you guys. They have to be active tag teams. Yes. That is the only thing. Yes. Um, so, uh, Sasha Banks and Bailey, they're no longer a tag team right now, so they can't, they're not included. Correct. You can't have the Hart Foundation in there because, well, one of them is dead. Yeah. So, no, like, no NWO, no DX, no, you know, they ha- no Enzo and Cass. Yeah. There has to be a 
current tag team, male or female, doesn't matter, and it doesn't matter what promotion, currently working together as a tag team. Top five in the world. We'll put up our five. You give us yours. So back to the match. It was a good match. <clears throat> I mean, this match has everything you would expect for from these four guys. Absolutely. Including, including Christopher Daniels, who gets tossed at some point. But you had flips and topes and super kicks and just just spot after spot after spot. It was this is and they only had fifteen minutes. But they used every All fifteen minutes. Yep. Of every that second minutes. One hundred percent. Every second of this match was used and it was fantastic. Without per- question. Yeah, perfectly choreographed uh, a tag team clinic. So the only there was one section towards the middle of the match where so early in the match you said that you that it looked like Ray Phoenix had got his bell rung. Yes. And then later on in the match, towards the middle of the match, there seemed to be some sort of hesitation and or miscommunication between Phoenix and Pentagon. Where there were times where there looked like Pentagon was set up for a move and Phoenix didn't know which what they were gonna do. He looked frustrated a couple times. There was some staggering where even the announcer said, Hey, something's going on. They don't seem to be as fluid right now as usual. Yeah. But then they later picked that up. So there was, there was something in the middle of the match. Maybe it was remnants of what happened to Ray early in the match where you said that he he got his bell rung. Yeah, I mean, Frankie Kazarian uh, goes up for a springboard leg drop and he lands flush on Ray Phoenix's head. Mm. And you, you get the one, two, and then Ray kind of like just <clears throat> almost lazily gets the arm up. And Jay, I believe it, it was JR that was saying, oh, uh, Ray Phoenix just barely got his shoulder up. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, so something's definitely wrong with him because uh, when uh, Frankie's going to hit him, he like leans in. I guess he says something to him like, Yo, are you all right or whatever mm-hmm. to, I guess, try to walk him through the next steps to see if he's all right. Mm-hmm. But... I mean, he get he gets it together a little bit later on in the, the match. Mm-hmm. Just if it didn't happen, I think you, you, this would have gone off without a hitch. Yeah, there was definitely some something happened somewhere. I don't know what, where, but he seemed like he recovered because by the end of the match, he was perfectly fine. Like they cut the promo after the work after the match. Um, so the Lucha Brothers go over with the package pile driver that they do. After the match, they get a, a ladder from under the ring, which is black and gold because AEW branding. Mm-hmm. And they beat up on SCU. They set up the ladder in the middle of the ring. They go up on the ladder, grab microphones, and that's where they challenge the Young Bucks to a ladder match at All Out. So during that promo, like Ray Phoenix seemed perfectly fine. He wasn't slurring his words. He was speaking perfectly fine. Of the two, he speaks English better. So he was... They, so. Pentagon said it in Spanish, and then Ray did it in English. Mm-hmm. Seemed perfectly fine. So whatever happened, happened, and by the time the match was over, he was fine. But it was a really good match that, again, it's leading to them versus the Bucks in a ladder match. Who's complaining? I mean, I think after this this ladder match, you got to be done with the, the Lucha Brothers and the which Bucks. Is, which is why I think they're doing it that way. They're like, okay, how do we go out in style? Ladder match. Yeah, for me, there's like there's no stakes, you know. Like, yeah. You, ladder match should have stakes. This doesn't have any stakes to it. Maybe they have chicken instead. Maybe it's uh, would they I don't know, number one contender for the tag titles? Maybe. Maybe there's no stakes because they're vegan. I don't know. Boo. <laughs> Reading sucks. Reading oh come sucks. on, stop! You're hurting my soul. <laughs> Let's move on, shall we? Of course. All right. The penultimate match of the night, representing OWE, the leader of the Stronghearts, Shima, going up against the best belt machine, the cleaner, Kenny Omega. As it used to be announced in Japan. You, you give these two guys 22 minutes and they're going to try and murder each other and that's what happened. Mm-hmm. You had knees to the head, knees to the head. You had... Shima must have done 
seven different meteoras, and at least six of them caught Kenny flush in the face. Where there was one where Kenny held his eye for the next 30 seconds to a minute, Mm -hmm. and then every so often he'd go back to check that eye. He definitely caught Kenny flush with at least one of them. Yeah. And then there were re-triggers galore. It was just... What? (laughs) V-trigger! It was just, dude, this... It was high intensity, high impact, exactly what Shima needs to continue to, to have relevance to the North American audience. Uh, and Kenny, I mean... He's Kenny freaking Omega. He's Kenny freaking Omega. With the most protected finisher on the planet. Hits the one-winged angel. Picks up the one, two, three. And, we, and just... It's not much more you can say. Yeah, go go watch this match. Just can what they uh, kept saying. The announcers kept saying, or the commentators rather. This is Kenny Omega's first solo win. Yeah. In AEW. Yeah, because he had the singles match at um, Double or Nothing, which he lost to Jericho. Mm-hmm. Then he had the six man tag last month. Well, excuse me, two weeks ago. Right. And now this. Now this. So building up some uh, momentum. Going into his match with Moxley. Jonathan Moxley. Juan Moxley. I was trying to change Moxley, but I can't. You can't. No, like, no, what are you going to do with Moxley? John or Juan Moxley. <laughs> Juan Moxley. <laughs> this is the main event. <laughs> we had The Brotherhood, which I like that name. Really? I don't like it. I like it. I don't like it. Why not just call them The Rhodes Brothers? No. Because it's not The Rhodes Brothers. It's Cody and then Dustin the Rhodes. The Brotherhood. <laughs> I, you know what? I hear Brotherhood, and I'm like, where's Magneto? Yeah, Evil Mutants. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, Brotherhood of Evil Mutants? I can't. I can't shake it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Versus the Bucks of Youth. <laughs> yes. Matt and Nick Jackson. Yes. Brothers versus Brothers. What I like is that they played with the age, too, where like they, they set them up that way, where it was always like Dustin versus Matt and Cody versus Nick. Mm-hmm. So the older brothers were always facing the older brothers, and the younger brothers were almost always facing the younger brothers, which I thought was cool. This match. Good match. <laughs> you know, this match was match. This match is like, alright, Cody, Dustin, you guys can basically jump the line and get into that top five tag team echelon right now. This checked off all the boxes that you needed to. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that I wasn't crazy about they understand why they did it, and it's fine. As I feel like there was way too many, quote-unquote, in-stereo moments. Where, like, both Cody and Dustin hit the same move mm-hmm. on, on the Bucks at the same time. Or both the Bucks hit the one of the Rose Brothers with the same move at the same time. It was just too, in my opinion, it was too many of, I'm going to do to Matt what you do to Nick at the same time. Mm-hmm. You do to Cody, and I'm going to do what he does at the same time. There's just too much of that, in my opinion. There's a little bit too much. Okay. But I guess it plays up to the whole brothers, brothers, tag team, tag team, so whatever. It was fine. And it was, again, it was still a very good match. Yeah. You know, I'm not trying to take anything away from this match, but that's my only criticism of this match. It was a little bit too much where I can, they did double sharpshooters, they did double figure four leg locks, they did double crossroads. They did double super kicks. They did double super kicks. Yeah, double super kicks. <laughs> I think I did. I mean, you're going to get that with the Young Bucks match, right? I just think that there's too much super kicks. I don't know. I I can't. I love super kicks. Yeah, I know. Super kick parties are fun. It's dumb, but it's fun. Listen, I sat through a Ring of Honor super kick party of 21 super kicks, and I was laughing the entire time. Yeah. So, that's just, just goes to show. When did you go to a Ring of Honor show? What? When did you go to No, 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 on, on YouTube. Oh. I thought you were there live. No. No, because none of you will go to a Ring of Honor show with me. There's a reason for that. <laughs> anyway, th- this match was the main event for a reason. The only... Oh, so I like that Matt... I'm not sorry, not Matt. Uh, Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes. Oh, Co- Cody. Cody. 
came out in tights that matched Dustin Rhodes' ring gear. Mm-hmm. Like, exact same black and red kind of pattern kind of thing. I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick and Matt decided to play the heel in this match. Yeah. And so I like that. I mean, they were really healing it up to build for the match. Right, but... It they w- were making fun of the Rhodes brothers and, and doing all this other stuff. But that was, like, playful stuff. In the match, it wasn't playful. Mm-hmm. You had Nick kicking Cody's hand. He spit at him. Like it got it got pretty it got pretty heated during the match. Uh huh. Which then they said, oh, it was all out of competition. But again, I this match was really good. I mean, if, if you and I are playing Xbox or PlayStation and you spit at me in the for the sake of competition, I'm going to beat you up for sure. Yeah, that's, well, without question. I don't care without if it's competition or not. Exactly, like, uh, I hundred percent agree. Spit at, and I, I guess that's the theme of the night because Adam Page spit at Kip Sabian. Kip Sabian spit at. Adam Page, and then tried to kiss a fan. Well, the that, fan was in his face. That fan deserved it. I'm glad Kip Sabian tried to kiss him. Because the fan was in his face, talking all kinds of yin-yang. And I was like, do something, please. And he went for the kiss, and I was like, yeah. And the guy's like, back, like whoa, what the heck? He's like, wait, 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 wait a minute. I signed up for that. Well, I mean, Melter Driver and Cody eats the pin. Which I which respect. I was... Shocked by. I respect that. Is it Cody protecting Dustin? Yeah. Because I'm sure Dustin probably assumed he'd eat the pin. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you can see Cody going, no, no, no. I got it. I got this. I, I, I got can, I'll I take can it. recover from this. this exactly. Let me take this. Mm-hmm. You know, and I respect that. Cody knows where he stands. You know? I respect that. So, let's do our usual. Are you match of the night? What you got? Uh, I'm probably gonna go Bucks and the Brotherhood. Okay. Okay. Hmm. But the match that entertained me was the uh, Dark Order the and how they Jack Evans and uh, a boy in his dinosaur match. Because there was just stuff in that I was just like, oh, awesome, oh, awesome. I am. And a two-way tie. Okay. Between the triple threat tag match that you just mentioned and the Lucha Brothers versus SoCal. Okay. And it's not because the Bucks and Brotherhood wasn't a fantastic match in their own right, but there was something about the Lucha Brothers SoCal match that was just, it really tickled my fancy. Yeah. So choose. I'm trying to. Cho- I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Why don't you explain why you chose the Young Bucks versus the Brotherhood? While I think about which one I want to. Well, I have my tie, but if if I can choose, you have what my I tie. Re- yeah. Where, I where's your my tie? I'm sitting here drinking water. And you got a my tie? I wish I had a my tie. Right now. <laughs> Parched City Jones I'm saying, right now. Bro. I actually, I'm gonna change mine to the Dark Order match. Okay. That match had a little bit of everything. It mm. had some high flying. It had some, um, not goofy spots, but goofy spots. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had basically Stu Grayson show out. You had Luchasaurus show out. Uh, Jack Evans and, and, and Helico were there, but they, they weren't purpose. there. They served their Exactly. They served their purpose. So for a 15-minute match... We got a lot. They they got every drop of juice out of that orange. So the, for me, that's got to be my match of the night. Okay, so that helps me because then I'll go with the Lucha Brothers versus SoCal. Mm-hmm. Um, hard hitting, two of the best tag teams in the world doing what they do best. You know, anything that you expect from these four guys, five guys, is what you got in this match, and then it's building to something bigger. Again, I could, in my opinion, like, you could have go with either the last three matches or the triple threat tag match. I just, I'm gonna go with that one. Okay, listen, anything from the main card, you can. It's a safe bet, except the Brandy Rhodes match. <laughs> anything else was a safe bet. You could put the Adam Page match because that that match was thoroughly entertaining. Omega and, and Shima, the Bucks. Yeah, doesn't make a difference. Yeah. You're, you're doing a good job if you're picking anything from this this main card, for sure. So, now let's do our favorite part of our recaps and reviews. 
our lovely rating system. Y'all know how it works. Out of five topes, one being the worst, or zero being the worst, five being the best. What do you say, Shades? How many topes does Fight for the Fallen get from it, you? So we start off usually at a 2.5. Something like that, yeah. Right? Start off at a 2.5. You can either go up, you can go down from there. Right. The pre-show had, had my rating system, and I told you this, mm-hmm. very low. Okay. To the point where it was at a 0.5. Woo! That's rough. Rough. Oh. Uh, the the two matches I that left me wanting nothing. Like I was like I don't want to watch this anymore. The technical difficulties was uh, a damper on that also. Mm-hmm. But then you had MJF, you know the six man tag, which boosted that from like a point uh, like a point five to like a two. Okay. And then it just steadily climbed from there. Okay. Where I'm going to end at a. 3.75? Okay. Okay. I can't give it a 4 because it wasn't okay. that crazy for me. But I think a 3.75 is not... It, listen, it's probably my second highest grade for any pay-per-view, so... Okay. I'm a very tough grade. Yes, you are. So 3.75 was it was entertaining. The, the main show was entertaining. Mm-hmm. And that is something that you want from your wrestling. I agree. So, like you said, so we're starting at 2.5. I used to have a tendency of starting at 5 and then letting you, like, beat yourself. Yeah. But, starting at 2.5, right? Sonny, Kiss, and Peter Avalon was average. Stay at 2.5. B. Priestley, that whole, the the tag match with the women, so knock it down to a 2. Okay. Technical difficulties, knock it down to 1.5. Right. So you're only dropping to like point fives. Yeah, I'm not trying to take too much away if it doesn't need to. If it's like, I'm because t- we've seen some really bad stuff happening in wrestling shows. Oh, absolutely. You know, so if something horrible is going to strip it all the way back, you know what I mean? Like, there's got to be gradients to this. Mm-hmm. So the show kicks off, and to me, I'm at a one point five. Okay. Right, and then you have the six man tag. I'm back up to a two, two point five. Okay. You know, Brandy Rhodes and Allie. Probably still sitting at around 2.5, not really doing much there. And then from there, like you said, it just went up. Yeah. The triple threat tag match, I'm already back up to like a three. Adam uh, Adam Page and Kip Sabian, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, three, two, five, three, five, something like that. Mm-hmm. And then between the Lucha Brothers, the, I mean the, uh, yeah, the Lucha Brothers, SoCal Uncensored, Kenny and Shima, and the Young Bucks, I'm probably sitting at about a four. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And, and that makes sense to me, because if you're saying 3.75, knowing how you grade, mm-hmm. then me being at a 4, I go, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I, I, I'd i be comfortable with giving them a 4. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going any higher than a 4. Like, not no, even not it, even like a 4.01. No, we're talking about like 4 on the dot exact. Yeah, like you just got to 4. Like 3.999, and then 4. Again. I might even say 3.99, because of the they didn't finish their promo at the end of the night. That. I took into consideration. That's why I had it at 3.75. Okay, yeah. Um, again, a good good showing. It's a good showing. Their second best show so far as a, you know. You know this is better than Fighter Fest. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Fighter Fest wasn't fair. as good. Okay. It was entertaining. It just it wasn't as good. Okay. Um, so we're now three shows in. To AEW. Yes, sir, we are. We have one more in August, and then TV starts in October. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling about AEW so far? I am... Again, I still watch with bated breath. Mm-hmm. Like... Don't mess this up, guys. Yeah. You are... You, you're you supposed to save us. You are yeah. the alternative to what is not good wrestling right now. Yeah. Um... I mean, tomorrow, technically today, because we're ending it, you know, to 1 a.m. Sunday morning. And you're listening to this tonight anyway. I I don't... I have zero confidence in WWE and Extreme Rules and their one Extreme Rules match. <laughs> no, they have a no-holds-barred match but and then a no-Extreme Rules match. So... <laughs> I, I, 
how do you have an extreme rules pay-per-view with only one extreme rules match and then a no holds part? It doesn't make a difference. This is not about WWE. I'll rant about that tomorrow. <laughs> I, I AEW, I'm not gonna be able to see all out. So that's so sad. I I'm, mean, you're I gonna mean, be on vacation. I'm on vacation. So you're you're like you'll be fine. Yeah, I got vacation coming up, and I cannot wait for that. But you know, we gonna we gonna be here. You know, we gonna be here. So they're they're. Gonna, it won't be a solo episode, that's for no, sure. No, no, we're going to have the whole gang gang The here. whole gang's going to be here to make up for your loss. But, anyway, folks, so that's been our recap and review of AEW's Fight for the Fallen, live from Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida. We will catch you all tomorrow, as you know, because we have the WWE Extreme Rules Pay-Per-View coming up tomorrow, slash tonight, whatever you want to, depending on when you're listening to this. As always, I've been your host, one of your hosts, Will the Thrill, Poetarian, Shakespearean Candidate, Major English, whatever you need me to be. Baby, that's who I be, because that's who I is. Joined by my hetero life mate. Your host. I said, I corrected myself, I'm not you. Man of the hour, man with the power, too damn sweet to be sour. Cream of the crop, rise to the top. Yeah, boy. Shades. And we'll catch you tomorrow, because don't forget, an apple a day keeps bad wrestling away. Peace. Peace and love.